everybody's journey is different. And just because your journey doesn't look like someone you follow on social media doesn't mean you're not worthy, doesn't mean it's not going to work out for you. Everybody's journey is going to look different and you just have to be true to yourself and trust what you can do given the situation or circumstances that you're in. Hello, hello. This is your host, Dhyutama, and welcome to My Food Lens Podcast, where we talk about everything from food photography, styling, to business and mindset. After 15 years as an architect, I switched careers and I'm now a professional food stylist and food photographer based in Singapore. I'm also the founder of the business My Food Lens, where we help clients elevate their brand through drool-worthy photos. My motto is, put your best food forward. Well, here on this podcast, I promise to keep it raw and real and hope you find your answers, action and inspiration as we move through the episodes. Hi, guys. So today we are talking to a very, very special guest and she needs no introduction. All right. I'm going to say one thing about her and I'm going to let you guess it. All right. So she's an Australian food photographer living in Vancouver. All right. Did you guess it? Did you guess it? Come on now. (laughs) All right. In case you didn't, she is Rachel Korinek from Two Love Studio. She's an icon in our food photography world and almost Everybody knows her for her fabulous editing skills and also for her fabulous editing courses. Lightroom Magic was her signature photography course. Rachel is a phenomenal photographer. She has been featured in different magazines. She has worked for very, very prestigious clients. And her photography style is just so honest and she emphasizes those very real details of food. But also she has these dynamite courses where she has taught thousands of food photographers who themselves have gone and gotten magazine features and they've gotten new clients and they've gotten their work into different stock agencies. So she has been an absolute blessing to the food photography community. And this episode is even more special because she's celebrating her 10 years in food photography. A lot of us hope and aspire to get there, right? So today I'm going to be talking to Rachel, not about technical photography, but really what it takes to be a food photographer. How does one make it through those 10 years like a boss, right? You make it like a boss. So she's going to be honest, candid, vulnerable, emotional, and we're going to talk about challenges. We are going to talk about struggles and we're going to talk about strengths. So let's get started. Hi, Rachel, and welcome to My Food Lens podcast. It's an absolute delight. It's a pleasure. It's wonderful having you because you are a very, very special guest for me. You've been, a, <laughs> you've been a mentor to me. I mean, right when I was beginning my journey, I had feedback from you. And then the world knows you for your signature course, Lightroom Magic. Actually, that's how I got to know you. Yeah, and from I was just then, that. <laughs> and from then on... There have been so many opportunities for me to fall back on your mentorship, whether it was feedback on my photos, whether it was 
getting some of your other courses. And right when I had clients at my door, my first clients, I took up your business mastermind and it changed everything for me. So you've been instrumental in my photography journey from a business, from a creative point of view. And this episode could not be more special. And I know that it's a little extra special for you too, because this year you celebrate 10 years and what a milestone. I mean, a lot of us are inspired by that. A lot of us hope to be there someday. And I'm super duper grateful for this podcast and, you know, to have you at this milestone, talking to us, sharing your journey, telling us how to make it as a food photographer. You don't need an introduction at all. (laughs) You are an icon. Everybody knows you, but I'm still going to let you introduce yourself and tell our audience who you are, where your business is and where you're located. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you for the amazing introduction. One thing about being in this business for 10 years is the amazing people you get to connect with. And I truly treasure you. So thank you so much. And thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Rachel Koronek. I am a food photographer who has been doing this journey for 10 years now in 2022. Um, I'm an Australian currently living in Vancouver, Canada, and I also I'm an educator, so I've taught many photographers the ins and outs of food photography. So I'm very lucky in that way to do a couple of different things. Amazing. It's such an honor to have you, Rachel. Really, I had to calm myself down and have a cup of tea before I got you on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. But you know what's amazing is that we all know all this fantastic stuff that you do. We've seen your fabulous work. We've seen the courses you create. And we've seen that professional side of you. But we want to know the real Rachel. We want to know Rachel's story. Yeah, and let's do and, it. <laughs> and the truth is that a lot of us have segued into food photography from a past life of being someone. I was an architect. I know someone who was a chartered accountant. I know someone else who was something else. And so we want to know, how did you get into food photography? In fact, how did you get into photography and then food out of all fields? Tell us about your past life. Well, I was actually an accountant who then trained to be a teacher who then decided to do photography. So that's a little bit about my sort of trajectory. But Like many of us, when we start, we don't even realize food photography is a thing. Even though it's all around you, there's magazines dedicated to you, you go to the grocery store, you know, there's food photos everywhere. I wasn't a photographer before I did food photography. I was studying to be a teacher and I was doing a degree online and I was working in a high school at the same time. I took a, it was my summer break and I was with my now husband We were traveling in a van uh, for two months in Southern Australia and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. So I really liked teaching, but teaching in a school was, it just didn't feel right for me at the time. So um, I just felt like there was something missing in my life. And we found this book in a little bookstore in Tasmania and it was called Plate to Pixel by Helen de Jordan. And I was like, wow, this burning sensation was happening inside me. And I was like, I feel like this is something I want to do. And being a student and not having a lot of money, I said I couldn't afford the book. And Matt and I had just newly started dating and he said he would buy it for me. And that's really where this idea happened. And I just 
just started practicing from then with no intention of really doing anything except just taking photos as a hobby because I was studying to be a teacher at the time. Wow. And so what, I had no what, photography schools, no cooking what, what were you studying? What were you studying? I was doing a diploma in teaching. So I, because I was an accountant in a previous life, I was able to teach like commerce, business studies, legal studies. That's what I was teaching wow. at school. Um, but I also was like, I worked as a teacher's aide. I worked running a literacy program uh, in high school. So in Australia, high school is year seven to 12. So I was dealing with like a large range of, uh, in terms of age group. So, yeah, I did a lot of things before I was a qualified teacher wow. in a school. <laughs> and that book was really the tipping point. That book was inspiring. It changed something. It brought something it new. It sure did. Yeah. So you were photographing as a hobby. At what point did you think of making it a business? Like at what point did it strike you that this could be something? I've never, I don't think I ever thought I could make money off this or I want to start a business. At the beginning, because I was studying online, I was in my late 20s. I lived at home. I was two hours away from my friends. I, even though Matt was my partner, then he was living in another state. So I was really on my own a lot. And I just did photography every day and I absolutely loved it. And I think it just became part of my life that I just was taking photos I was putting it out there and then you would tell people that you were you know you enjoyed this photography thing and people knew people who might want photos to be taken so kind of things happened that way in terms of people would ask me to take photos of all kinds of things but then it moved into taking food and I think at the time it was like exciting that someone wanted to pay you to take photos and you loved this thing so much that you wanted to explore what that looked like, even though it was terrifying. Um, yes. But I think probably three, a couple of years in, I can't remember the exact time, but so if I can sort of go a little backtrack a little bit, starting to be a teacher, um, right. my husband ended up getting a job in another state. So we moved and my teaching license didn't transfer to that state automatically. I would have to jump through some hoops, do some more training, which annoyed me. Right. And I needed a job straight out of the gate. So I took an accounting job and then I was like, you know, I have two degrees. What am I doing? I don't want to do any of these things. They really liked me because I was good at my job and they offered me a promotion. And I thought, this is not the path I want to go down. I have to try photography and see where that leads me, even if it's a part-time. So I turned down the promotion to pursue something within food photography, but I didn't really know what that was or what it would look like. I just knew that I had to give it a go. Awesome. When you were practicing photography, was it mostly food or what were you practicing? Yes. yes. Yeah. I always, like, I just really enjoyed food. And I think it's, I liked the challenge of building a scene from nothing. So while you were taking up these opportunities for taking photos for other folks, at that time, were you teaching as well? Or were you doing that? At that time, I didn't. Because my teaching license didn't transfer to the state I was living in, I didn't pursue that. So I decided that I couldn't have a job where I had to put a lot of time into it continuously. It had to be a job that was flexible, that was part-time. Um, so I had I worked for Lululemon, actually, in a wow. number of capacities. So oh, that's wow. a clothing company, if anyone's not sure. 
So I worked at their online store for a long time and it was one of the greatest jobs I ever had. I I loved it so much and I learned a lot in that in that job and I worked there part-time and then I did photography part-time and I think that was the happiest that I've been. Oh wow. <laughs> it was really a good time. Yeah. Because you were finding the joy that you were looking for. It, yeah, I just you know, like 10 years in running your own business is extremely hard and it's very stressful. Right. And one of the things that I decided to do in my life was to have a commitment to live simply so I can do what I love. So I try to live in that way so that life is as less complicated as possible Yeah. so that, you know, I can walk away from something if it's not bringing me joy right. or if it's causing me too much stress, you know. I remember this philosophy that you shared this once and you said yeah. that you've simplified your clothes choices on a daily basis. Yes, like, black. Yes. Always wearing black <laughs> and jeans. <laughs> That's such a good pointer. I think we spend so much time in just deciding what to cook, what to wear. Like these things do weigh us down. So just simplifying and making room for creativity. I think that's such a great point. Mm. So at what point for you, was this looking like a full-time business? Did you start getting a lot of job offers? Was there a certain type of work that you were pursuing? What was the tipping point to make it a full-time business? So this has been interesting for me and I know everyone's journey is different, but I didn't decide to do food photography one day and it just work out. I honestly, when I first left this promotion that I got offered, it was four years of continual setbacks. I didn't work as a full-time photographer and probably until like four years later. So it's hard for me to say, and there was things that happened in there. Like I made choices because I felt social pressure. I made choices because I was, you know, my mental health wasn't so good or life just happens like death of a family member or if you marry someone from a different country, you have to go through all these visa things, which brings their own challenges. So I had decided in, I think it was 2013 or 14 to try this full time. And it wasn't till probably 2017 that things started working out for me. And it's interesting because there was a lot of like up and downs and there was times where I had to go back and get a nine to five job or I, I even sewed pants two days a week to make ends meet while I tried to work on my business. So yeah, there was a lot of ups and downs in, in during that time, you know, clients came, clients went, opportunities came, I lost opportunities, um, you know, there was a period where I to, had to take time off because I was burnt out and I, I did lose some clients in that time. But yeah, it was, a, it was a long four years of things happening, stopping and starting my business, trying again, having to take time off, you know. Um, so I'm not sure if that's exactly the answer you wanted. However, it just, it wasn't as simple, right? you know, for me starting that out. Wow. And at that time, what was the kind of work? Were you pursuing a certain kind of work or certain clients that you felt that it wasn't working out? You know, was there something that you were seeking that you weren't getting? I think it was a little bit of a different time. Like even five years in social media can change a lot as well. Um, I think where I was in Melbourne, Australia, there is a lot of amazing food photographers in Australia. So the the competition was high 
And then you also can get jobs where they don't pay very well, even though it takes like a lot of time. So I was probably doing, I was doing restaurant work. I was doing some like photos for local websites or journals, social media stuff and brands and small magazines was what I was working for at that time. Right. So one of the concerns, like probably the biggest concern that most folks have when they shift careers or they move to a creative Mm. field, especially uh, when you have a corporate job and you move to a creative field, I think it's just being able to make ends meet, just making a living, matching that salary. So how did you cope with that? What was the situation like? Did that impact your creativity or, you know, the first five years? And what was your mindset? I really want to know what was your mindset? How did you power through that? Uh, I don't, I honestly look back and think, how did you just keep going? Um, It probably took me four years to make back a full salary. And I always had said to people, because this was my experience, it is okay to have another source of income while you try to make this work. Just because I had another nine to five job and did photography didn't make me any less of a photographer than if I was working full time. So I found that challenging and I think everybody has different opportunities you know some people have spouses or they've saved up money that can help support them through those times so that if you do that's really lucky you know in Australia we have free healthcare, so you know mm. I didn't need to have a job that would allow me to have uh, like medical insurance right so there's some freedoms that I have that other people might not necessarily have had but I remember the f- the first year that I freelanced full-time first year, I worked extremely hard for pretty much next to no money. It was probably like a third of a normal take-home pay. And that was really difficult for me because I worked really hard and I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere and I wasn't. it wasn't enough to live on. And that was very mentally challenging as to be like, can I actually make this happen? And that was when I decided that I really wanted to live simply so that I wouldn't be forced to take all these jobs to work so hard if it wasn't going to return in that way, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, wow. So, yeah, it was just the small little things that you changed and they just, you just kept and going. I, yeah. Well, I think, it. you know, like there are some people who are going to leave their job and they will have connections and they're going to make it happen and it's super inspiring. And I've seen it because I've I've chatted to a lot of photographers but it's not like that for everybody. We all live in different places. We have different circumstances and different opportunities. But, you know, if you can keep pushing and keep moving forward at some point, it is amazing. Like what a decade or half a decade where that could get you. Right. And it's so interesting because whenever I talk about my photography shift or journey, it's the exact opposite. (laughs) Yeah. So I know like you come from a place where you believe that you can have um, another job and you can still be a photographer doing your work. And for me, I thought that that was incredibly hard. For me, it was like I couldn't focus. It depends on your job. Yeah, for sure. Right. So for me, whenever if I ever talk about it, I would always be like, if you have the finances, if you have a little bit of backing, then just focus on one thing and work like your tail is on fire. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I will say that is a good point. So I worked a job where like when I left, when I walked through that door, I did not have to do anything. 
you know, oh, and I worked okay. part-time. There was no take-home work. Right. So it was a job where you didn't have to do those things and I didn't have to prepare. Is where if I was a teacher, I'd be preparing lessons. I would be marking homework. I'd be calling parents. Like those are yes. the things that I did. Yes. So it is important that you have a job where you can devote any other time to right. working on your photography. For sure. So how, how did you find all this time? Like you were doing the part-time job, you were doing photography mm-hmm. job and photography is not, a lot of people don't understand that you do have a pre and a post after you and before you do the job. So it does yeah. take a long time. How did you wear like so many hats? How did you hats. make time in the day? And did you have a team? Did you have someone to support you? What was your system? Mostly I worked three days a week at my nine to five job. So that leaves two weekdays, two weekends, right. uh, weekend days. So like I worked a lot. I didn't have kids. I still don't have kids. I didn't have pets. So I, I always had time to work on something or at right. least do something and work on things slowly. I didn't have a team. That is something that I have only recently done because I'm I find it hard to let go. (laughs) So that's my own sort of, you know, thing I need to work through. But it was definitely, it was me doing everything. Um, And I think I was extremely lucky that my husband was also a photographer. So he understood what went into that and he supported me a lot. I think that's so important, just having your partner's support because photography can be backbreaking. It can be uh, physically exhausting. It can also be extremely Mm -hmm. time-taking and financially it can be a little bit expensive so oh, it's <laughs> right it totally is and and I tell you I would not be here if it wasn't for him he started my photography passion he found that book and he's endlessly supported me and does so much behind the scenes that if yeah. he wasn't there I wouldn't be here and it is funny too like I, I look back on my time when I first started photography we literally had no furniture we had a red couch and we had a hand-me-down TV and someone's second-hand bed because all of our money was just in photography gear. Like we didn't, like we had money and we spent it on photography stuff. We didn't really have anything else. So it did take up a lot of time and a lot of money. Oh gosh. So what happened that made you believe like, okay, fine, we're going to do this full-time. We're going all in. It's going to become a full-time business. What was it? Was it one incident? Was it a series of things? What fell in place in life at that point? So after the period of burnout, I had to take time off and I realized some clients would find other people and they did and didn't come back and that's okay. Um, But I just decided I was sick of creating for other people and I was like, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And then it just (laughs) seemed to work. And then I just sort of decided that I was going to stop being so maybe so afraid and just be like, you know what, if I'm going to give this a go and do what I want to do, if it doesn't work out, I'll just figure something else out. Right. And things just started to work and they just kept working. And then once you have momentum, it just like, it's really hard to get momentum. Once you have momentum, it's, it's easier to keep that up. Right. So I think I started to trust the process and things just sort of worked out from there. So I don't know if it was like a lack of me not caring or just throwing caution to the wind or if I'd done enough back work and enough failures and setbacks, I got to a point where things would start to work. Um, 
And then what happened is things went really well for me in Australia. And then we ended up moving to Canada and a lot of the work that I had done there, yeah, like ends there because you can't, not all clients are online clients, you know, right. you can't, I can't shoot a restaurant online, you know? So there was things like that, that then paved way for me to build up other or like start that process again. And I was like, I've done it once. I can do it again. Wow. Wow. Well, I'd say if there was anything, you had become fearless. I think that's what it was. You did not let those things weigh you down. You're like, let's do this. I I think it's I think you get to a point where you're just like, what's the worst that can happen? Right. Or, you know, like not everybody understands this, but like as a creative, there's something that you want to do that you don't. I really think it hurts your soul. So there's like things that you are eating away at you, like you have to work on this. You need to make this happen. So I sort of like paid honor to that and tried right. to make those things happen. That's awesome. And mm. then I can totally understand that you had to uproot yourself. You had established a network and contacts and all of that in Australia. And then you had to uproot that and then kind of start in a way your commercial work again in a yeah. new place. That would have been incredibly hard. Tell us a little bit about well, that. It was hard because that takes years. And then right. once I was able to work in Canada, I really had just over a year before then the pandemic happened. And then that has just changed everything. So I don't think I had enough normal time to sort of see that it's taken longer than I think that would be, but like, there's also opportunities to talk to clients online and find work with brands. So that it's just a different way to approach it. And it just feels different, maybe because the landscape has changed and because we're, we're experiencing things we haven't experienced before. Absolutely. Um, and also I, my ideal is always to do equal photography and teaching that's where I kind of come back to so I don't take every job that comes my way either because I I am in a point where I can choose what I want to do and I know that if I take jobs that I don't want to do it might take me away from the creation side of my content business too so I would say I've had to push less hard in finding clients because I do have other ways to make ends meet or like other things or projects that take up my time. And when you do have to find clients, how do you find them or do they find you? So this is a really interesting, I was thinking about this, this idea of like clients finding you, we think is that some people just have that and some people don't. And when I was like, sure, clients do find me, but they find me because I've done the work. You know, like they don't, Absolutely, you have to leave that breadcrumb trail for them. You have to be out there. You have to be doing work. So, you know, even if I'm just finding like a lot of the brands that I've been working with lately is because they found me because I was jumping up and down in front of them and being like, hey, look at my stuff. Let's chat. I want to work with you. So sometimes I reached out to clients and they would say no. Like there was a client when I first moved here, they were like, we don't work that way and then like a year later they reached out to me and so did they find me or did they find them I don't know I think it's I think you need both and I think it happens both ways but you definitely need to be out there like leaving those breadcrumbs for clients and doing that work that's such a good point because if your work is out there someone somewhere is seeing it I have 
I have such a crazy story about this. And it's right in the beginning of my journey. I'd taken a photo for my personal project. And at that time, nobody knew me. And one of my clients found that image circling on Google. And they said, we want to hire this photographer. Mm. And then they launched like an online manhunt to find that photographer. To find you. <laughs> and... And I wasn't anywhere on Google. So they went on different platforms and forums. And there was one forum where I replied. They saw my portfolio. They identified the image and they found me. So, yeah, I'm so with you on this that you definitely Mm. have to put out your work fearlessly and you have to put out probably good quality work so that there is someone who is drawn to it. That's such a such a great point. Yeah. So uh, tell me, it sounds like, Rachel, I feel like as I'm talking to you, the first four or five years were really difficult and and rightly so. And you felt more burnout. I mean, the joy of that creativity was a little bit overshadowed by the whole business and making it work kind of aspect. And then once you kind of, you know, got all fearless and you're like, bring it on. It was just like you said, you were doing more work, but you were doing it even better. Right. And the more you did, the better it got for you. Um, in the second half of your journey, did you ever burn out? And what were the things that made you bounce back, revive your creativity? What was it that kept you going? I think that's an interesting question pre and post pandemic. I think I'm always at the door of burnout and I'm always not wanting to walk through it. I'm either okay or I'm like at the door. I'm like, I need to make some changes. Um, One thing that came to my mind is I worked in a summer camp. Uh, I was teaching in the summer camp and it was very, very long days. Like you would be up at eight and you'd be done by 1 a.m. And they would say to you like the days are long, but the weeks are short. And that always stuck with me that in photography, you can feel like you're on a hamster wheel or like things aren't happening, but there are moments within that where you do find that creative joy that I think have always kept me going. So I have moments where I'm like, and my family will attest to this, where I'm like, I hate photography. Like I'm, I just hate it. Nothing is working. You know, the food's not working. You don't have the props you need. You're not getting what you want. But then there are moments where like things just happen and the magic happens and you it's just so exciting. So I think those moments have always like led me back to why I love to do this. Um, I think the pandemic made it challenging because it was hard to fill that creative cup. So that's just a challenge that we've all had to experience. And it's still, I I still find that challenging at the moment. Um, But I think it's, it's always just working on little things, but also honoring how you are feeling creatively. And if you need, people find it hard to take breaks. And so I've always thought like, if my business crumbles, because I take a couple of weeks off, then what have I built? Or like, why have I not built it in a better way? You know? So I think honoring sometimes that you just need to take some time off in order to fill that creative cup is is important. And then finding ways for yourself to be able to, to do that, whatever that looks like. 
and remembering all the moments that actually brought you joy in your journey and just I think I really struggle with that and I've struggled it more and more as I'm moving forward I think just taking a break and I feel like oh gosh I'm not doing enough you know so there is a constant it's, <laughs> it's a constant feeling that's you just cannot stop does that I happen with you the world that we live in it's never enough right anymore right and I literally what like I I'm not on TikTok I just don't think it's my age group, <laughs> but um, you could, there's literally so much that you can be doing at any moment. Like the content is just insane. Like we're not content making machines, even though these algorithms and businesses would like us to be. So I think all of us feel like we're never doing enough, even when we're working really crazy. And what is enough and what is quality over quantity? I think that's something we have to find for ourselves and what we want to get out of the rest of our life. Exactly. I'm I'm not good at that. I am if anyone's listening to me in my household right now, they would be like, Rachel, what I hope you're not giving this advice because you're not taking it. So um balance has always been terrible for me. It's something I'm constantly working on. Yeah. But I have to tell you that from the outside, if I have to say this as an as your audience, you have it all together. Like you're rocking it and you're, you know, that doesn't show. Your burnout doesn't show. Your tiredness doesn't show. And honestly, at many points, many of us want to see that. We, yeah, we isn't it terrible? That. Yes. I think <laughs> so if, I, if I'm if i tired or burnt out, I, I don't show that on social media. Probably like I tried to do a story recently and all I did was cry across six frames. And I was like. I don't know that anybody needs or wants to just watch me cry, but when I get through it, then I can share it from a place of I can help other people right. or I can share or normalize what I'm going through. As where where I'm when I'm going through it, like I need help from people that I'm not necessarily going to burden my community with like fix me or this is woe is yeah. me type thing. Yeah. Um but I think it's really sad and one of the things that I want to talk about my 10 year journey is some people will have just started following me or it, nobody's going to remember all of my journey because one, why would you? And two, no one has time. And so it can look like things were easy or I have things together or I was chosen or special and that's just not how it is, you know. So I, I do think we need to be realer with with that stuff. And I, I remember that I think a few weeks or maybe last week you posted a really heartfelt, vulnerable post uh, on your Instagram and I think so many folks connected and that was probably the first time uh, because I have been following you for a (laughs) very long time you were the first food photographer I honestly followed Uh, so you've been like right from the start when you say that people are not following your journey hello I'm here (laughs) I'm so so grateful for you (laughs) so I've seen I've seen everything and that was probably one of the very few times where I felt like it was very vulnerable and I'm sure it took a lot of courage, but I felt like it was amazing that someone like you would do that because it makes everybody else in the community feel like, okay, I'm allowed to feel like that. Yeah. It's a normal feel. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think there's, you know, I don't want to be seen as like weak or someone who couldn't get it together. And like, sometimes you share these things. And I mean, I always share them and people are so supportive because I think we're all human and we go through the same things. But yeah, it is. I feel like a lot of time, like I get a lot of emails from people 
sharing about their journey and and everything you've felt, I can almost guarantee I've felt that too. I've been through that too. So as a creative, our journeys overlap in many, many different ways. So thank you so much for sharing that post. I think it was very encouraging and very inspiring. And I hope that you're okay to share more of that. Yes, I just want to, yeah, I just hope that, you know, people helped me through those feelings. And I just hope that I can share something that maybe one day someone says, oh, you know what, maybe it is normal to feel that way. And I can, I can keep going if I choose to. Rachel, so I know that the first bit of your journey was quite up and down and really thrilling, right? So I got to know you through your signature Lightroom Magic course. And from what I recall, that course came out when you were still in Australia. It was just about ready to launch. 2017 that that course came out. Were you still in Australia then? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was still like, I would say the first half of your journey. And uh, I feel like that to me, yeah, that is like the middle. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is, so this like links back to what we were talking about before, but I'll, I'll let you finish your question. (laughs) (laughs) So I just wanted to ask what inspired you to create such a, like a dynamite course, you know, when you were going through all of that, you still created something which the world knows you for today. I know that you've created one course after the other, but your Lightroom magic has been life-changing for many, many photographers. So I want to know what was your thought process? And I know that you have a teaching background and probably a course was a good segue, but what drove you into getting something so dynamite out in the world? So when I had that period of burnout, my first period of burnout that I took a couple of months off, I had this feeling inside of me for a while. It's like, you, you, I really wanted to create this thing. And so I just worked on it really slowly. I just got a notebook and I just spent an hour a day writing stuff down. And I think that helped me get through that too. And it was something I wanted to do for myself. And I had no expectations. It's not that I didn't create it to help people because I did, but I was also like, I have to do this for me. And I, I almost did not care what what happened with it, you know? So that's how that sort of came about. And I think it's very, I'm very lucky that, you know, I'm in my mind, I'm a teacher turned photographer that I can also bring my passion for why, why I went to the university to study teaching and why I loved being with kids at school and like helping them. That was the best part. There was lots of things about teaching in a school that aren't so fun, but like helping people was just so, you know, like I come from a long line of teachers in the family. So that sort of came full circle for me. So I think I read a book, it's Big Magic, which I'm sure you read as well. Oh, yes. By Elizabeth Gilbert. And it talked about you have this idea and the idea is not going to stick around with you forever. If you put it off and don't pay attention to it, it's going to go to somebody else. And that really was like a wake up for me because I had this idea that I wanted to do this thing for a while. And so I went ahead and just worked on it really slowly with no expectations. And yeah, I think it's just trusting the journey, you know, like, and, and trying to find the time to work on that thing you really want to work on and having, you know, you just don't know where it's going to lead you. I never thought I would be doing any of this. (laughs) Really? I still wake up and think, how is this my life? (laughs) But I think you bring up two 
amazing points. One is that book, which has been extremely life-changing. I have a whole wall here of everything that I learned from the book. It's printed. It's right it's, there. You can see a little book. bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great book. And the second thing that you said, I think, which is very, very powerful is that we do everything little by little by little. And that's how we build it. We don't have to build room in a day, literally. No, so- I, I think when you look from the outside, potentially, it looks like everything just works or like you just have no idea how long someone's working on something either. I, at the beginning of my photography journey, spent every single day taking photos. And how would you ever know that? And it's maybe I'm not spending the entire day, but maybe I'm doing something every day even if it's just thinking about something or listening to a photography podcast on a walk or doing a small thing every day makes a huge difference. Absolutely. And I think another very big takeaway from your answer is that we always think like when we are transitioning from one you know, from our past life to a new creative life, we feel like, oh, you know, we have to give that up to start this new thing. But honestly, we can take away a lot. You took your teaching and you brought it to photography. I often say that I brought my architecture to my photography style. So I feel like we always, this past life for us is a way to give us the tools to make our creative journeys bigger and better. <laughs> yeah. So, and I mean, I was an accountant, so that helps me running my own business. There you go. When I worked for Lululemon working at the online store, I specifically dealt with customers who were very upset. I love that job. I loved it because <laughs> I, I got to like get to turn their experience from not so good to good. And that taught yes. me so much about dealing with clients right. or students or just you know, you would be amazed at how people can read a free blog and send you a hate email because it's an interesting world that we live in. Yeah. But those difficult times really helped me run a business and and talk to people who were not happy with any of my services, <laughs> even the free ones. <laughs> you know, so there's always something that we can take from those experiences. Wonderful. So after Lightroom Magic, you have created one after the other, you've created dynamite courses and it's just been like, wow, every few months or every year, we see something spectacular coming out. What's it's been it's actually every two years, but I, oh. that's the thing about social media, right? Is it seems like time just goes crazy oh, and people absolutely. say to me like, you're always doing this or that. And I think, well, I actually did that. That was like three years ago or it's been like <laughs> two years. So sometimes time is a funny thing. And I only mean to say that because when you put it into perspective for other people, it seems more achievable because it is like, if I was creating something every three months, that would be more work than it is. If you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, yeah. And you're so right. And with social media, we just completely lose track of time. So for me, I've almost taken every course of yours. And for me, it's been ever since I've started I've had one or the other course of yours. So for me, the time is just, it's, yeah, (laughs) that is very true. Yes. Yes. (laughs) As well, like creating it is different. Yeah, for sure. So even if it's like every two years, what drives you, what inspires you to keep creating these courses one after the other? I always, so I won't say always. When I first started, I wanted to have a composition, editing, lighting business course. That was my, idea 
Um, but as you, you know, things start to happen, you know, you make different goals. So it's not that I'm going to be coming out with a course every year. I think I love editing so much and I know so much about it that that's where I want to specialize with people. Um, and I think you have to like, well, for me, if somebody asks me a question, I want to know the answer. Like I want to be sharing. I don't just want to take people's money. I want to be able to teach, like really teach them a skill that's going to make a difference. So I know that for me, I know and am so passionate about editing and I will go and find out those answers. And every time there's an update, I will go and make sure that I know all those things. So that feels really easy because I enjoy it a lot. And there is also a part of me that because I get so many people on the blog or on social media wanting help, I sort of feel like I, I don't want to abandon people either. I always want to be helping with them. Right. Um, because, you know, when I started out, there was literally, I want to say like 10% of the resources there is today. So yeah. we're very lucky in that respect that our community yes. is so open and so supportive and so generous. Absolutely. And no one teaches editing like you do. No one. Well, really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am very like... I'm very nerdy about it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's what helps because editing is that. Editing is very technical. You really need to understand the nitty gritty of it. And I think you do it so wonderfully well. Um, Thank you so much. So I am going to be a little bit direct now. And I'm going to ask you something that I know that you felt like this was a calling. You find joy in creating courses. But was there anything else that you were seeking from this? Is there anything else that was in it for you and you were looking for it, like trying to find it? Was there anything else? Well, I think all of us want to spend time in our lives doing something that we love. And if you can also earn money from that, it's it's very, it's like the icing on the cake. So I think being able to dedicate my days to to doing that is I'm very lucky to do that. And I also, in terms of like what I get out of it, I love being in control of my own creative projects. So it's not like a company is asking me to do X, Y, Z. I like it to be in full charge of the creative vision. So that fulfills me on that level. And then what I've learned from putting together these courses is it actually helps me in my workflow because I have to really sit down and I have to think about how to structure it and I have to think about what works in my workflow and what have I struggled with and how do I overcome that and then how do I anticipate what other people are experiencing and find out how to solve for that, which then helps my own process. So anytime I've come out with something, I always found that my own composition had gotten better or my own editing had gotten better or my Photoshop skills had gotten better. So it's kind of like this, if you were to sit down and write down your process, that would help any photographer, you know, because it really solidifies that. And then you, you find something that didn't work or a gap and then you explore that and it just makes you stronger. So you're teaching at every level. You're teaching yourself and then you're teaching, teaching everyone I'm definitely else. teaching myself. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you measure success, Rachel? Like where do you see, do you see yourself successful today? And is there In anything? this moment? <laughs> In this moment, yes. <laughs> we are celebrating 10 years. So 
you know, how would you measure success for yourself in the last 10 years or and where you are today? What would you call it? And if there is anything that you would actually change about the last yeah. 10 years? I think success is such an interesting word. And I really urge people to find success for themselves because I have been told, as we're all told, this is what success is. And I've reached those points and I'm like, nothing happened. I didn't feel happy. Maybe this isn't for me. Maybe this is not actually what I wanted. Um, so I would say over like over 10 years, yes, I feel successful. I tried, I started out in giving this thing a go with the goal of getting paid for my services, which I have been successful in doing that. In this moment right now, <laughs> I would say I'm not successful because my idea of success is living simply so I can do what I love and not be stressed. And in this moment, especially during the pandemic has changed a lot of things. I don't think that's my, this is not my definition of success. So just being able to then change, because it also changes over time as well. Like, do you, do you want to work so hard? Do you want to be out there so much? What clients are you working with? Changes. So it's not, it's funny because if you say I don't feel successful, it doesn't mean that I'm not successful. I'm just not at the point where I'm like, this is what success for me is right now, if that makes sense. You're not feeling that happiness. Is that? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a busy time and it's yeah. stressful and things have changed and I want to be able to, have more balance. I want to balance my life and my work in a certain way. Right. And I want to have some people that can help me to take a load off currently would be success. Money for me has never been the way I measure success. Right. Uh, at what point did you feel that, okay, I'm happy and I feel successful? Was there was it that, that was that was the time where I was working part time at Lululemon oh, wow. and doing photography. <laughs> I, it was the happiest I felt because yeah. I loved where I lived. Yes, I worked hard, but I also had another job that I really enjoyed that wasn't stressful. Right. I got to be around a great team. We lived very simply at that point in our lives. That yeah, um, there wasn't a lot of stress. Like you know, we didn't have to make a certain amount of money because we didn't own a house or anything. So I would say that was that was a point where I felt successful because I was trying to do this thing or I was being a photographer part-time and then I had yeah. this other job that I really liked. Um, it's not, I don't necessarily want to go back to that, but I think you can have periods of success and then periods where you're like, my success has, well, my definition of success or I want to want to achieve has actually changed. Right. You know, that's so true. Um, there was a point where you said that the more you did, you could do even more, right? So when you started working a lot, you were working even more and you were able to do a lot. Was So when we are able to do a lot, do we want to do even more than that? Even more than that. And then the more we do, the more we want to do. And do you think that's something that stresses us out, especially with the way social media is and the content creation part that you talked about? Do you think that the more we start doing, the more we want to do more? And then that's where the joy probably leaves and the stress sets in. Yeah, I think it's, do you want to do more? Or do you feel pressure to do more? Or like me, has it become a way of life that you just do more? 
you know, like you can't sit still and do nothing. Yeah. Um, I think we find it stressful because we are social beings and we want to be able to connect with people, but fighting an algorithm to have to connect with people is almost impossible when they just want to change it on a whim. So, you know, there's this whole other part of like running a business, being creative, and then all these other things that you have to do. So do you think that you would have tried to find that balance? And maybe if you would have found that balance, you would have been able to do everything you've done so far in the last 10 years, that you would be able to, you know, launch your courses and be this stellar photographer and work on these phenomenal, work with these phenomenal clients. Like, would balance have helped you achieve that? Probably not. Not so much. Yeah. This is the thing that people talk about. <laughs> yes. And I always hated it when I went to conferences. You'd have these people who are very successful on stage talking about balance. I'd be like, you didn't get there by having balance. Exactly. You. you know, it's not fair <laughs> yeah. for people to look at my journey. And yeah. I didn't have kids. I didn't have pets. I didn't have a mortgage to pay. And other people have other commitments in their life. I had more time. When I started photography, you know, I mentioned I lived away from all of my friends. So like I I didn't get to see them all the time. So I spent all my time doing photography and not everybody has that. So yes, the hard work and time that I put in definitely got me to where I needed to be. But I also had years of setbacks as well within that. Um, So I'm just not good at balance and running a business, especially for a couple of years, you're not going to have balance. Right. Unfortunately. And thank you. Unless you just wanted to take it longer. (laughs) Yeah. No. So I think that's so important because I hear so many successful people and they talk about the four day work week and they talk about, oh, after five o'clock, I don't work and I spend time with my child and I do that. And I'm like, hello, I can't stop. (laughs) At eight o'clock, I'm still scrambling. Yes. And so I I mean, I've tried to do the four day work week and I'm still trying to work out what that looks like for me. So I think just trying different things. I feel like no one says it out that you cannot get balance and everything else that you want to do unless, yes, you don't want to do all that much and you're very happy with staying at the constant speed that you're moving on. So And look, some people have a, a budget to like hire people to help them out and that will definitely help. But in terms of learning photography, like you have to do that. Right. That is time you have to put into. You, you can't pay someone else to do that for you. Absolutely. <laughs> if I had to ask you, what are your current struggles? So definitely I hear balance. What else would you say is your current struggle? I've always had to work on my mindset. I have, oh, I still do have anxiety. Um, and my business has also caused a lot of anxiety. So that's something I'm always trying to work on um so business sorry balance and mindset I think are the ones that I'm always trying to work on would you be able to share anything specific if that's okay with you what causes you anxiety like oh my emails (laughs) I always feel like something's gonna blow up in my emails like I'm always waiting for that that email that like something's gone wrong you know oh no um I know it's 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 the silliest thing and it's something I have to work on a lot. Um but also like I think nothing is a given and I and I fully am aware that even though at this point I'm quote unquote successful that I might have to get a 9 to 5 job. Something might happen, something might change and if I want to keep pursuing that it might change or 
you know, feeling like you've built this thing that can just fall apart at any moment. We saw that during the pandemic, all these people lost their businesses out of nowhere overnight. And so that can cause some anxiety sometimes. I think this thing that you, you built and you put a lot of your life into, could it just be taken away? And it's very interesting because I look back when I was like in my early twenties or like through my twenties thinking how brave I was at some of the things that I did. And I don't feel so brave anymore. And my husband was telling me about this quote that's like the more successful you get, the more fearful you become, you take less risks. And I definitely, that's how I feel. Really? When I was taking your business mastermind, there was one thing which honestly has kept me going and I learned it from you. Oh, really? And it was that what's the worst that can happen? If no one's dying, it's all... (laughs) it's all okay. It can be resolved. And that has stuck in my head. And I honestly function from that viewpoint. Like even if something's gone wrong with my client projects, there have been shoots that I've had to redo. I'm like, okay, no one's dead. We're all alive. Let me just tackle this the way. And I've learned it from you. So it's quite a revelation for me to know that something like an email would, you know, uh, totally. And I think, yes, I think anxiety is is a funny thing, but I think it just goes to show that even after 10 years, we still are going to have emotions that at the end of the day happen because we're human and we just have to work through them. It doesn't mean anything necessarily. So I still get nervous when I send off client briefs because I'm like, I want them to love it. And I know that I'll be able to solve their problems if they don't. And most problems that I've encountered in my business are solvable but we still, you still have to work hard not to take things personally sometimes. Like sometimes it will happen yeah. in, when you're working really hard and you're tired and then you get that person who wants to take it really personally, you know, they want to say things. Um, that can be hard. That's hard for me. I, I usually need like 24 hours to like move through it before I, yeah. you know, reply to them or whatever. I think being a creative is really so hard and having a creative business is even harder when you are, you're building everything Mm. off, off, off. It doesn't just take skill. It takes real resilience and it takes real positivity to power through. Yes. And discomfort. You're so right. And it's like, you run, you fall, you get up, you put your bandaid on, and then you run again. You feel embarrassed. <laughs> you have to get over it. Yeah. Yes. That's fabulous. So I have one last question for you. But before I ask that question, I want to say something to our audience. I mean, out of everything that I've learned from you, there is definitely an, one thing that if someone asked me that if I had to put up a few words on a billboard on a busy highway, what would those words be? And those are words that I've learned from you. Okay. And it is, (laughs) if you want something you've never had before, you have to do something you've never done before. I mean, I still remember that comment on social media that, yeah, when we (laughs) talked about that, I do. Yes. It's everything for me. Honestly, it's everything. It's the foundation of everything I do as a creative, as a business. Every time I feel scared, every time I'm fearful of doing something new, I'm like, okay, I want something new. Let's do something different. So your words have definitely made a lot of impact. Of course, your skills have taught me a lot. Your feedback has taught me a lot. 
But if today I had to ask you that you have to give one advice to someone who's starting the food photography journey, what is the one thing you would say to them? Just one. I only get one. <laughs> I'll get two. I'll get three. Say it. <laughs> I would say if I can have two, one would yes. be to do not compare yourself to someone who's been doing this for 10 years. It is so unfair on yourself, yeah. you know, um, and we all do it. I compare myself to people who are doing it for, you know, longer than I have, but it is also unfair. But I would just say that everybody's journey is different. And just because your journey doesn't look like someone you follow on social media doesn't mean you're not worthy, doesn't mean it's not going to work out for you. Everybody's journey is going to look different and you just have to be true to yourself and trust what you can do given the situation or circumstances that you're in. That's amazing. Yes, absolutely. What's the second one? The second one, oh, the second one was don't compare yourself. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't compare yourself to people 10 years. Yeah, so don't do that. And then that your journey, your journey is journey really is individual. Yeah. So I know that was my last question, but now that you've said it, I think I need to ask you a very, very important question. I think that is a struggle for many creatives and especially because of the way social media is. So I promise that'll be my last question. But I know that you said that do not compare yourself to someone else who's been in this journey for a long time, but how do you not compare yourself to your peers? How do you take you? Sometimes we take people as our equals or people who are at the same stage, yeah. and the comparison just kills us. It kills everything. How have I mean, you I always, battled that? I feel comparison all the time. Yeah. I deleted Instagram off my phone today. I'm like, I need a couple of days break. You know, sometimes it just happens. I think, I think it's normal. Those feelings are normal, but it's what you do with them. Do you like? Ma- do they fester and do they sit there and do you think about it? Do you actively try to change something because you're comparing yourself to other people? So it's not that you're not going to have those feelings because you do. And even 10 years in, spoiler alert, you still will have those feelings. It's just working on your mindset to not let that define you or tell you that you're not good enough because we all feel the same way. And it, it blows my mind that I have sometimes shared that with some photographers who I love and then they turn around and say, I feel the same way about you. And it's oh. like, how? Because you're better than me. You're more amazing than me and your stuff is, you know, insane. And they're like, I feel the same way about you. So it's, it just really shows that like even all of us feel the same way. Even that person that you admire also will feel that maybe even about you. I feel like this is something that everyone constantly battles with, especially with Instagram. It's such a struggle, honestly, apart from everything else that goes in. But thank you so much, Rachel, for this. Thank you so much for sharing. You're so so welcome. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And thank you for being so vulnerable, so open, and just being so honest about everything that we face in our creative journey and that what a food photographer's 10-year journey might look like for giving us a complete insight into it and telling us how things can be different or maybe not. (laughs) So absolute pleasure. What an honor to speak to you. If you can let all our audience know about your fantastic dynamite courses and where they can find you on social media, that'll be wonderful. Yeah. So you can find me at Two Love Studio. So I'm on Instagram at Two Love Studio. Otherwise, twolovestudio.com is my blog where you can find out about all the things that I write about with 
food photography, and then there'll be a link to courses. Uh, so the courses I teach, if you want to learn editing and Lightroom, Caption One or Photoshop or composition as well, I teach all of those subjects. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Rachel. An absolute honor to have you on my podcast. Thanks. Thanks again, DJ. It's been amazing. So guys, that was Rachel. And wow, what a heartfelt conversation. I mean, there were points where she and I were really emotional and we were really into the conversation where I felt like there was so much that she was saying that we can relate to, right? As creatives, our struggles, our journey overlaps at so many different points, at so many different levels. And I felt like she was just speaking from the heart and I could so relate to everything she said. I hope you got some really strong takeaways from what she said. I think she left us with a lot of good pointers and a lot of different ways in which we can kind of, you know, be more resilient, be more powerful and be more positive in our journey so that at some point we are also celebrating our 10-year milestone. So a huge congratulations to Rachel and a huge thank you to you guys for listening in. And I really hope that you enjoyed this candid conversation with Rachel because God knows she's phenomenal. She's been instrumental in my photography journey and I'm certain that she has made a difference in your journey as well. All right, guys. With that, I will see you next time. And if you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. Please rate and subscribe. Leave a review wherever you are listening because that really matters to us. It means a lot to us. All right. So I'll be back soon with yet another Power Pack episode. See you next week. Bye-bye.